On today's show, the Bucks and the Celtics, they have had a fierce rivalry for a number of years, and it feels like now it's only going to be amplified with Dame heading to Milwaukee and Drew Holiday, a much-loved Buck, heading to the Boston Celtics. We have to ask a simple question, but maybe a complicated question. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, do you trade for Damian Lillard if you know within 48 to 72 hours Drew Holiday is going to end up in Boston? Where do both teams sit right now on paper? There are plenty of unanswered questions, but I'm going to catch up with John Corrales from Locked On Celtics. And uh, let's face it, I think Bucks fans and Celtics fans have pretty good reasons to be feeling good about themselves entering the preseason here. Before I bring in John, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday. We're getting ready for the preseason under a week until the opener for the Bucks. Maybe the first time we'll see Damian Lillard and Giannis on the same team. That is going to be very, very exciting. Uh, I did get a tweet last night about my audio. I've mentioned it a couple of times, but I know we've got a, a whole bunch of new listeners. So I just traveled back in the last couple of weeks from a work trip and all my podcast gear got messed up. So I'm in the process of fixing that. I understand the audio isn't ideal right now, but nonetheless, I appreciate the support. So much is going to be happening on Locked on Bucks over the next few weeks. So if you haven't done so yet, get on board. You can do that by subscribing, following, and then get involved in the show. Drop a comment, a like, and do all those things because it's free to do. And let's face it, we've got some Celtics fans coming into the comments. Bucks fans need to get involved in the rivalry there amongst the fan base. It's been a whole lot of fun. So we appreciate all of you. Now it's time to get into the conversation with John Corrales. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. So this question came came up with – I was listening to Zach Lowe. Uh, by the way, I mean, what a season this is going to be for us. I feel like we're going to be doing a ton of crossover shows together <laughs> this year. So uh, this is great. I'm listening to Zach Lowe, and kind of a couple of executives kind of suggested to Zach that Milwaukee kind of is worse off this way. So – I came up with this question. I tweeted it out. No one has a good answer. I don't have a good answer. I don't know if you have a good answer, but the question is simply, are the Milwaukee Bucks better off having gotten Damian Lillard, but sending Drew Holiday indirectly to the Boston Celtics, or would they have been better off keeping Holiday, having Damian Lillard gone wherever else, and Boston having to deal with Malcolm Brogdon and you know keeping uh, Robert Williams? What do you think? So I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. And firstly, I will say we've done a whole bunch of crossover podcasts for obvious reasons over the last few seasons. And I've already enjoyed over the last few days the amount of Celtics fans that are in the comments on our (laughs) YouTube channel. I'm not sure if you've found the same, but certainly Celtics fans have come across, which I personally love. I love I I, I love the rivalry. I love the fact that Celtics fans think that the Boston Celtics have come out on top. 
Bucks yep. fans completely disagree with that, uh-huh. and that sets that sets up for what's going to be a really fun season. But I I've think there's two some ways Bucks to look at it. Five comments in my YouTube page, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm psyched. I'm yeah. psyched. It's awesome. All right, go yeah. ahead. It's going to be a lot of fun. So the two ways to look at this. So in terms of, and we'll, we'll get into this more, but in terms of what it looks like on the court, I think we're going to find out because there are so many unanswered questions about the way that the two rosters fit on the court as much as we can uh, come to our own conclusions now. So I think long-term, the actual answer on the court, I think is going to be a longer discussion for me and you to have here. But the the simple way to look at it for me is if you're the Milwaukee Bucks and everything that's gone on in the last few weeks with Giannis, the fact that you offensively have just struggled in the postseason the last five years, including when you won the title, if you have a possibility to bring in a player the caliber of Damian Lillard on the offensive end to your team, then and the cost is Drew Holiday, who is a superb player and every Bucks fan absolutely loves, but he's not the offensive player Damian Lillard is. This has been the major weakness for this Bucks team. Right. And Lillard has never played with a player like Giannis. Giannis has never played with a player like Dame. So the trade, regardless of whether you think there's a chance Drew Holiday can end up in Boston, I think the trade is a no-brainer. And even though this is the way it's worked out, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you still do it every day of the week. That's where I sit on the track. Yeah. And, like, I agree. I guess you could never know ahead of time. You had to know that Boston would have been one of the suitors. And you hope, you know, you're you're Milwaukee and you – fingers crossed and you go oh please anybody please come on Miami come on because any of these other teams Miami Philly even in the Eastern Conference that just kind of levels a little bit of the playing field it doesn't vault anybody ahead now from the Boston perspective obviously I'm going to skew a little bit towards the huh Milwaukee might have like actually inadvertently hurt themselves and that's mainly because I do believe that first of all I agree with you. In before understanding where Drew might go, you got to do the deal for Dame. It's a it's a price you got to pay. I understand Boston just paid a, a two prices for Porzingis and for Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree. When that opportunity is there, you got to make that deal. But I've always believed that Boston kind of matches up well against Milwaukee, well enough where. Boston's come out on top in recent series for various reasons. I know the Middleton injury and stuff like that, but Boston and Milwaukee, you have the best player on the floor, but Boston wins its fair share of games. I think because it takes away your strongest defense, which is Brooke Lopez guarding the rim. And now with holiday coming to Boston, it's like, Oh, you got Dame. Boom. Here's you got me at your chest move. Here's Boston's chest move. And it, it, Again, you 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 always get Dame, and Dame's gonna doesn't matter what Holiday does. Dame's gonna hit some shots, uh, but at the same time, I'm sure everybody in Milwaukee or the people in the front office were just thinking like, oh, anywhere but Boston, anywhere but Boston, because all of a sudden the narrative goes from Milwaukee has has vaulted themselves to the top of the East to Boston answers their move, Boston's back on top. Whichever way you fall, the fact that it's this close still after you trade for Damian Lillard, it I can argue that it's it's a little bit of a loss for Milwaukee. The trade for Damian Lillard should put you ahead, and now I'm not so sure that you're ahead. Yeah, so in isolation, the Bucs, I, I think, are better. Uh, 
And they were also able to, and I think part of the deal is, and, I, and trust me, I get, I know that no one in Boston is getting fearful of campaign, but they didn't have a backup point guard, so they opened up a roster spot. They were able to uh, bring him into the roster, which actually is meaningful in Milwaukee. But the Damian Lillard stuff, I, I think with Drew Holiday and, and for the Bucks, it was really challenging for this team year on year on year, particularly with some health stuff over the last few seasons, to come into the postseason and say, well, we know that the Bucks aren't going to outscore a team. It isn't going to be a potent offense in the postseason. And yes, you have Drew Holiday out there on the perimeter, who in my opinion is the best perimeter defender in the league. Now, Boston fans have argued that in the past with Marcus Smart. I wonder now if it's going to change a little bit now Drew Holiday is on the Celtics. But I think Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender in the league. But even when he is guarding Kevin Durant, which he's been asked to do, Jimmy Butler we saw in the last year's postseason, any of the guards that he comes up against, Devin Booker, naturally with the way the NBA is right now, you are watching the games through gritted teeth and you are hanging on for dear life because the offense is so damn good in the NBA. And so for Milwaukee now, the reason why Boston has been so good at at least getting multiple guys at Giannis, in my opinion, was because they were able to throw everything at Giannis, A, because Chris Milton wasn't there last time, but the Bucs just didn't have anyone else to really terrify the opposition, including Drew Holiday. So you got Marcus Smart, you got Grant Williams. Rob Williams, obviously, has been injured a lot. Al Horford was a couple of years younger. So... I still think when you talk about Giannis being the best player on the floor, the Celtics have changed dramatically. And we discussed this in the podcast a few weeks ago. So I think when everyone's looking at the Bucs and the Celtics right now, they're talking about Dane, they're talking about Drew. I'm not hearing enough people talking about Giannis. That's fair. That's fair. And um, I will say that Boston made its own moves that might weaken them in that regard. I'll talk about that in just a second. First, today's show brought to you by Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. You know, the weather's getting cooler around here. I know it's going to start getting dark at 4.30. Uh, you got to stock your closet with winter clothes, and with Ibotta, you can get cash back on winter coats, hats, gloves, scarves, all of that and more for the whole family. Uh, Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items, uh, from produce to personal care to pantry goods to clothing uh, at uh, retailers like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy. Well, you're not going to get your clothes at Lowe's, but maybe you are. Maybe you are. Maybe you're a working man. Maybe you need some of the, the big, thick stuff that they offer at Lowe's. Whatever it is, go download the Ibotta app, link your loyalty account, upload your receipt after your shop. You get cash back. The average Ibotta users get $100 a year. That costs a lot. You know, that covers a lot of costs. Uh, a shopping trip. Uh, money towards a flight, a vacation that you're looking for over the holidays, uh, a game you're trying to go to, a dinner, whatever it is, they give you money, cash, not points that don't amount to much. This money goes into your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. So download the Ibotta app right now. Use the code Locked On to start earning real cash back. Go to the App Store or Google Play. Download the free Ibotta app and use the code Locked. It's locked. I'm sorry. The code is Locked. I-B-O-T-T-A, Google Play or the App Store. The code is LOCKED. Thanks, everybody, for listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast or the Locked On uh, Bucks podcast if you're watching there. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm hosting this with uh, Jake Madison on Wednesdays, rotating hosts all week. It's a fun show. All right, Kane. So one of the things is Boston traded away Grant Williams. And Grant Williams at least was a big body that could slide. And, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that he could defend Giannis. 
but he could get in Giannis's way from time to time and offer up a little bit of resistance. And hey, every once in a while, you pick up a charge on Giannis and, and that stuff all kind of adds up. I will say that it's a little bit tougher. Uh, I'm not thrilled that it cost Boston Robert Williams to get Drew Holiday. Uh, now you have to rely on Porzingis and kind of have to hope that 37-year-old Al Horford can get through the regular season in enough kind of, you know, in one piece where whenever the Celtics face Milwaukee, presumably the conference finals, Horford is ready to go. And that means on top of the guys that they've lost, it means Joe Missoula getting his guys playing their best basketball during the playoffs, finishing series when they're supposed to, and not messing around like they've had a tendency to playing extra games, two, three extra games sometimes to get through a series. That's important. The coaching, no one's talking about the coaching. Boston has a second-year head coach in Missoula. You guys got Adrian Griffin, uh, which I, I compare to a little bit in the Ime Yudoka uh, realm in that he's been a longtime assistant coach. He bounced around as a role player for a long time, which means when you're a role player, you got to know how to do everything. And when you're a bunch of, with a bunch of different teams, you soak in the knowledge from a lot of different teams. I don't think he actually comes in as a typical first-year head coach. I think his NBA experience prepares him for this job. But between the point guard battle, the Giannis and whomever the Celtics can throw at him battle, and the coaching battle, I think it's win two of those and you can win the series. Yeah, and I think there is a lot of unknown. I, I suspect the Boston Celtics roster is going to look different by the time the postseason comes around as well. So, Probably. yeah, when I see when I see a lot of people talking about the depth, I don't get too caught up in that right now. Uh, I think the Bucks probably make another trade. I think there is a lot of question marks, not only with the unknown with the coaches, but you know, on the wings defensively for Milwaukee, a lot of people are talking about that. We don't really know what Jay Crowder looks like. Pat Connaughton was injured for much of the season last year. Chris Middleton's come off knee surgery in the offseason. So th there is a lot of questions for the Bucs from a health perspective and just what do guys have in the tank? So we focus on the offense, and the Bucs will undoubtedly be much better because if you do have Chris Middleton looking anywhere near like the guy that has destroyed the Celtics multiple times, if he's now the third guy and he doesn't have to carry the entire perimeter offense, you look good. But defensively, the Bucs are going to change. And if we think about the Bucs and the Celtics in postseason series, going by in the past there's been a lot of games that have been 90 points just cracking 100 they've been defensive battles because typically mm -hmm. this is where these two teams thrive i wonder if that's going to change a little bit but when you mentioned adrian griffin i think he's probably prepared based on the resume he's had as an assistant coach mm -hmm. but i do wonder how the pressure changes on this milwaukee team because if they had a roll back in with drew holiday yes there would have been a lot of talk about Giannis. But there is a lot of known. You knew what you were going to get for the Bucs. You could have, in my opinion, penciled them in for 52, 53, 54 wins. They're going to be fine. And they'll probably be great in the offseason. But I think the outside expectations now are significantly amplified compared to what they would have been if you had Drew Holiday. And if the Bucs do get off to a slow start, and maybe Dame and Giannis don't look perfect out of the gate, then everything is going to amplify a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think that there are significant questions for the Bucs. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. It's tough when you're in that position, as prepared as you can be for yeah. taking that job as Adrian Griffin. I, and I do honestly believe that he is prepared 
as prepared as anybody could be to take the head coaching job. It is so different. You got to do media every day. The GM is looking for you all the time. The owner of the team wants to talk to you, not the assistant coaches. Uh, You know, the media, the fans, the sports talk, everybody is talking about you. And it can be tough. I think if Joe Missoula has any advantages that he went through that season, he went through the deer in the headlights, no pun intended talking to you guys, but uh, the deer in the headlights kind of season. He's talked about how things are going to be different this year. He seems different. He seems more comfortable, maybe a little bit more sure of himself. So I, I don't know how Joe Missoula is going to be this year. Maybe it's a wash and you know, this, this becomes a push and it just one of those other matchups is going to be, be the key here. But I, I do think that having gone through it kind of like a, a Chet Holmgren having gone through a rookie season without having played, you know, kind of the cadence of the season. Like last season was almost, uh, it was a weird kind of first year head coaching gig for, for Missoula. Having gone through all of that, now you can really go through. Like this is almost his real first year, but he knows everything. So um, very interesting to see how that that matchup plays out. Um, let me ask you a quick, just a quick question about Holiday. So if people are watching on YouTube over your left shoulder is the mm. uh, image of the alley-oop that Drew Holiday threw Giannis, if I'm not mistaken, that's, that's the image of the alley-oop that he threw after the steal uh, in, in 2021. Like one of his signature, one of the signature plays of all of NBA playoff history, but he has this reputation of his, his shooting falling off in the playoffs. Is that a function of Milwaukee didn't have anybody else to go to and too much was put on his plate? Or do you think when it comes to the playoffs in his shooting, it's it's a pressure that that maybe might be too much for him to handle, and it's something that's just part of the deal? The mental stuff is hard to really get a read on, as you know, from the outside. It's hard to, to project whether that's actually a problem for him because he's such a level-headed, calm guy that he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would, would feel that type of way. Yeah. I think there's a few things that matter. You will notice he takes very difficult shots and he's always going to this step back. And if Celtics fans haven't watched Drew Holiday a lot during the regular season, you'll see him taking these step back threes and you'll think this is the craziest shot of all time, but he actually (laughs) shoots a pretty high percentage of those. So I I think he takes tough shots, uh, particularly from the perimeter. And I think that there is little room for error. Once you get to the postseason, defenders are perhaps up in you a little bit more. The closeouts are a little bit tighter. So I think that Mm -hmm. that plays a part. And honestly, I think that the biggest issue with his shooting and efficiency in the postseason has been the fact that uh, he has coasted during the regular season defensively. And I say that Drew Holiday coasting is still a top (laughs) percentile. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but you you can see when he's defending, whether it's in a series against the Celtics or the NBA Finals and he's ripping the ball out of uh, Devin Booker's hands on the play that you referenced, uh, he goes to an absolute different level and he's playing... 40 minutes a night of that high-caliber defense, often against guys that are bigger than him. And I think there's a fatigue element in the postseason, which did impact his efficiency in the playoffs. So 
Uh, he was an unbelievable playoff player for the Bucks, but no question, the efficiency wasn't great in the postseason, which amplified when you didn't have Chris Middleton, obviously, a, a couple of seasons ago because he was asked to be that second scorer. And I don't think that's necessarily where he fits best. Yeah. If you're a Boston fan, you sit him back and say, okay, well, we've got Tatum and Brown. We don't really want him or need him to be that guy. Uh, maybe that looks better. Yeah. Plus Porzingis. So, you know, yeah. Holiday can really – there's a, there's a potential for Holiday to do a lot of catching and shooting. So, um, all right. Well, look, uh, Celtics and Bucks. It's so funny the split for this season. They they play in November and then they don't play again until January. And then they've got this two games in late March and the last full week of the season. <laughs> we're we're. I don't think we're going to be looking at a scenario where Boston rests all their guys against Milwaukee anymore. This, those two games could be the difference between top seed and second seed. Uh, if, if the Celtics and, and Bucks are going for it at all. So um, I don't think we answered the question about whether Milwaukee is better with Lillard and holiday in Boston, but uh, I don't know if it's an answerable question right now. I think, I think you can make a case for either. Uh, which kind of puts both of our teams right where they began, but with further distance between them and the rest of the, the, the East. I think that's fair to say. We thought they were on a collision course last year. We think they are this year. Surely this year it can't be avoided, but I think, both, I think both teams should feel very comfortable. Celtics fans, I understand why they might be feeling comfortable right now, but if you're a Milwaukee fan, you just got Damian Lillard for the first time. In uh, since the 70s, you've got two top 15, maybe you know, top 10, depending on how it works out, guys on your roster. That yep. simply hasn't been the case, and you've got every right to be very, very excited. Yeah, be happy in Milwaukee, be happy in Boston. This is going to be a fun season. So, what did you make of the conversation with John Corrales there? Sometimes I get criticized a little bit for not pushing back hard enough with the Bucks angle. But oh, look, I just genuinely think that there are a lot of questions for this Milwaukee team right now. I think, again, as we've stated, I think a number of times over the last few days, the trade for Damian Lillard was an absolute no-brainer. If you're Milwaukee and you look at the way the offense has functioned in the past, uh, there is no question that they are in a better position from an offensive point of view uh, to be a dominant force on that end of the floor. Because I also don't think a lot of people are talking about Brook Lopez and the impact that he's had as a reliable postseason player. And for Damian Lillard, perhaps this is a situation where coming from a small market in Portland, maybe he's just not appreciated enough. And we talk about the comparisons to Steph Curry and all those types of things. The biggest difference between those two, in terms of the teammates that played alongside each other, Dame hasn't played alongside other Hall of Famers. He hasn't played alongside other superstars to the caliber of Giannis. We talk about there and uh, for the Warriors, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and all these players. So maybe we find out this year that Damian Lillard is even better than we thought. And certainly the attention, as we discussed on the show, is going to be significant on this Milwaukee team. Uh, just a quick update from practice today. The Bucks out there as training camp absolutely gets into full swing. We did hear from Adrian Griffin that uh, basically everyone on deck, Chris Milton still easing his way into it. And not surprisingly, there's a little bit of minor panic uh, from Bucks fans in relation to the Chris Milton thing. And I think part of the fact uh, that that's going to be the conversation just because it is Chris Milton. And I think that there is a, 
uh, an eagerness to point out the negative when it comes to Chris. But uh, we've seen plenty of videos. We've seen plenty of photos of uh, this man has been working. In fact, he looks in tremendous shape entering this season. It looks like he's dropped a little bit of weight as well. So we can talk all we want about Chris Milton and the knee coming off surgery. He said 24 hours earlier, he's got no pain now. And if you're the Bucks, do I care about practice on October 3? No, I care about what's going to happen in May and hopefully heading into June with Chris Milton. He is such a vital piece uh, to this team. So the Bucks historically have been pretty conservative with players that are carrying injuries or uh, some health stuff there. So for me at least, Absolutely no concerns when it comes to Chris Milton at this point until further notice. And I don't even really need to see a lot of Chris Milton in the preseason. Let's get this guy right. Let's get him into the season feeling good about himself alongside Giannis and Damon Brook and the rest of this team. Uh, and I think the Bucks are going to be in pretty good shape. But as far as everyone else being on the court, uh, plenty of positives to come from Milwaukee so far. So lots to discuss from today's show. Make sure you get in the YouTube comments. What did you like from the conversation with John Corrales and Locked On Celtics? What didn't you like? What would you have liked to hear more from me? Uh, what do you want to say the Celtics are talking rubbish about? I do think the point about Giannis and perhaps not enough conversation around him is a valid one. I think you can talk about Drew and Dame and Tatum and Jason uh, Jalen Brown, but uh, Giannis is still the biggest factor in any series between those teams. So we'll leave it there. Plenty more to come on Locked on Bucks throughout the rest of the week. We appreciate your support on the show. As I mentioned right off the top, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe, drop likes, comments, get involved in the show because this is a very exciting time for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Uh, for myself, Kane Pittman, I'm going to leave it there for today. We will be back tomorrow. We'll speak to you guys then.